0: Welcome to Japan According to Akio Everything you wanted to know Or didn't think you needed to know About Japan With me, your host, Akio Living in Japan since 2004 And giving you the lowdown On what it's like to live in and around Tokyo Hey, hey, everybody Great episode Really good one Meaty episode 72 Coming at y'all Um, we have economic conversation, which came out of nowhere, right? A lot of macroeconomic stuff, central banking policy, taxes, good stuff like that, swirled all around the place to start out with. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to talk about that at all, but hope you know, if you're into that stuff, cool. But even if you're not into it, I think it's something you should kind of know just to know what's going on in Japan. Then um, We got into Anime recommendation By me Uh, If you're into anime Cool If you're not Bear with me (laughs) Um, Like I, I alluded to In the previous episodes I did it Uh, We went through not one, but two Asian Boss videos and I gave my two cents on those. Again, also uh, political-based issues, social-based issues. And we wrapped up things with a bit of an article. Um, Not the whole thing, just a bit, a little taste, a little niblet of an article on um, living in Japan on reverse culture shock. But I think also if you haven't been to Japan yet, like i was saying in the podcast you can reverse engineer that advice and which is how i'll try and give it to you in this episode how i tried to give it to you in this episode now i'll try and give it to you next time as well you can how you can reverse engineer that uh advice to help you prepare for moving or living in japan so yeah that's it for y'all Oh, that's not it I mean, that's it That's what we got on the plate Get, you know, your napkins Get your knife and fork ready Get your chopsticks ready Because we have a meaty, meaty episode for you to dig into aren't right, y'all So, enjoy Yo, everyone, what's up? We're back for another great episode Episode 72 we back ready for you That doesn't make any sense but <laughs> But anyway, we're here for episode 72 um, it's been a gr- pretty cool day for me. Wrapping up a day off, it's like 12 something. Been doing some other work and whatnot. Uh, watching an interesting show which on Netflix, as long as we got it, which I'll get to in a second, which is part of the show. A recommendation I have for you if you are an anime fan, excuse me. Um, got a little bit of wine here. I was like, let me drink a little wine. Mm. Again, this is like one of my few chances to really relax and have a drink and do my thing. You know, it's just an excuse for me to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, so what's going on in Tokyo is we are in the middle of springtime. We have like, a it's yeah mid-May here, 2019, at the time of I'm recording this. And we are, yeah, at the ideal weather point of the year, pretty much, or one of the two ideal weather points of the year uh you know 25 degrees celsius 26 degrees celsius uh which is about what 70 75 if you will fahrenheit for people in america uh around there somewhere but it's just nice Uh, so we have about a month of that but until rainy season comes in it's already starting to creep into my mind like fuck, enjoy the shit while you can because ain't gonna last (laughs) um hold on one second let me close this door hold on one second yeah um so that's going on um nothing, nothing too much, nothing too much besides that uh economic news, I can talk about that uh we can get a little deep into economics for a second about Japan well, hmm. if you listen to the made in Japan podcast which uh which I was on uh i believe earlier this week. Took a listen to it. You know, it was really interesting to hear me bounce off of another person because the vibe for me feels completely different from uh, this podcast, which is pretty cool. And um, I alluded to me being into economics, macroeconomics, and things like that. And one thing that's kind of creeping up the pipeline for Japan, if you are into that kind of stuff, is um, the proposed tax hike here in Japan. Now, the thing is, um, if you don't know anything about it, just Google Abenomics, A-B-E-N-O-M-I-C-S. It, it'll go a lot deeper into it. But basically, Abenomics has been the, um, you know, quantitative easing explosion that's hit Japan uh, over the past, fuck, how long has that been now? Shit, like about seven years, damn near? Yeah um which it which has been like the current um administration administration and uh central bank attempt to kind of kickstart the japanese economy through massive quantitative massive quant massive <laughs> quantitative easing over the past 7 years um it's done a lot for the exchange rate like before it started the japanese exchange rate was about 80 yen which is imagine 80 cents to the u.s dollar now it's completely flipped and it's um about like 110 so before the lehman shock or lehman brothers collapse it was about 120 so the yen was quite a, a lot weaker but basically uh, pretty much um well, whoa, 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 i'll get into some economic stuff which i've never done before i don't think um well pretty much like the Japanese, the Japanese, in currency terms, like the um, the yen, is seen as like one of the more safe haven currencies in the world, if you will. I don't know if I can call it a safe haven currency. Well, okay, I won't get all deep into it. But basically, it's seen as one of the more reliable currencies in the world. But because like Japan's economy is seen as one of the most stable. Not moving, you know, just because of production here and things like that. So typically when something negative happens, in, when there's a negative shock in the global economy... The yen strengthens quite a bit. Right. And um, so that's why after the Lehman Brothers collapse, you know, the, the Japan's boring. Basically, think about it like that. But up until several years ago, Japan's economy has been boring. It's been flat. So people think it's not going anywhere. So if everything else is collapsing, well, Japan's economy is not going anywhere. So let's just dump our money into yen. It's kind of like how things have gone. Uh, So, um, but before the, you know, financial collapse of 2008, if you're old enough to remember that, uh, you know, everyone, the strength was in the American economy, the dollar, the euro and things like that. So the yen was kind of like weaker. It was boring. But, you know, basically everyone, the life of the party was kind of in another country. So everyone was really the money was there. But after that happened. Everyone just kind of went, like you know, everyone's outside the barbecue having fun, watching fireworks. You know, when the economy is popping, but then if it starts raining on the economy, everyone runs for shelter inside the Japanese currency. It's pretty much what happens, and so it strengthens. So um, the government pretty much did a massive quantitative easing program, and I think in 2012, if if, our, if my memory serves me right. And because I remember one of my friends from college came to visit me, I think the day they announced the program, and I was just like, holy shit, you know, um, and that was like right around the time when I was really starting to get into uh, economic policy, macroeconomic stuff like that, just because I wanted to understand what was going on with the economy after Lehman Brothers collapse and things like that. But anyway. Uh, I'm totally going off, but I think this is kind of important information to understand what's going on in Japan and why I, and my personal, this is only my personal view, uh, on why, um, things in this country will change at some point in time over, I don't know when it's going to happen, but... Again, if you just do some research on it, I, I won't get too deep preachy, and, and you know, it's, it's, I'm an English teacher. I'm not a fucking an economist, you know. But um, just from my eye, I think you know, some something's going to happen with this. Just with, with the fiddling that's going on with the Japanese economy. But anyway, a part of that, bringing it back to modern terms, a part of abenomics and things like that is is has been. Um, the cash infusions, you know, constant flow of cash to try to inflate the Japanese economy um, has been having, you know, has less and less decreasing results over time. And now it's pretty much flat. You know, um, even though they're still pumping through different channels to pumping money into the economy, it's not really going anywhere. And actually, Japan's economy quite possibly could be slipping back into recession. Uh, I think some, we'll find out in the next like month or two, but a lot of like the tea leaves and, and they're putting out feeler. I'm seeing a lot, a few, um, financial channels and headlines and stuff that, uh, some indications that Japan's economy is going back into reception. And basically, you know, there've been like huge, several huge attempts to kind of reflate, reflate, reflate the economy and kind of Japan's central bank is kind of out of ammo. If you will That's what it seems like I don't know What the fuck else They can do They just thrown everything They've a bunch Of different shit At the economy And it is It's been having It has had You know Um Positive effects But those are They're getting Diminishing returns And I think now It's to the point Where well fuck There ain't shit You can really do So I don't Honestly I don't know What the fuck They're gonna do With, with this currency And all this shit But um But With that said Um a, a issue that's coming up is a tax increase. I forgot when the last tax increase was, but, or a consumption tax increase in Japan, but when I came to Japan, it was a 5% consumption tax in Japan. Um, and I watched a program, I believe, uh, about Japanese history in Heisei era. If you've heard one of the previous podcasts, me talk about different eras that, um, you know, it used to be like 3%, it used to be no consumption tax, but... You know, politicians and nah, Okay, I won't even get started Into, like, my fucking philosophy and economics, but um, Basically, when I came here It was 5% consumption tax So it was pretty cut and dry Meaning if you, you know, bought something For 100 yen, it cost 105 yen uh, Typically Added on to it um, And then I believe like several a while back it went up to eight percent. Uh I wanna say like six, seven years ago, it went up to eight percent. Now because of Japan's deficits completely out of whack, it's the worst um debt to GDP debt to GDP ratio in the world by far. It's crazy. Um you can just watch a few YouTube videos and find out why the, com- the economy hasn't collapsed yet uh it's kind of a real interesting weird thing i'm not trying to scare you off living living and moving to japan but i think if you're planning on staying here long term these are things you kind of need to think about and understand because um these are factors that could have an impact if you're planning on moving here like i'm gonna stay in japan for the rest of my life you know um because shit might could get real at some point in the future and you just might want to um know know that going into things right but anyway, uh, so to try and combat the um, but the uh, budget deficit, you know, there's been a lot of outside pressure from Japan, and uh, I'd say more not in Japan, more outside pressure uh, from for Japan to um, get more of a control over their debt to GDP ratio, and one one way to do that, or their national debt, and one way to do that is to um, what's i gonna call it. Increase taxes, of course, you know, tax everyone more, right? So, uh, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. It's been kicked down the can a few, a bit, but, um, this year, you know, this fall, it's going down, they're kicking it up to 10%, Was seemed to be like a for, pretty much a foregone conclusion, but you know how politicians do, as long as the economy is showing signs, blah, 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 blah. blah personally... Even like several years ago, I was like, in my mind, I was like, they ain't gonna fucking raise these taxes because the last time they raised taxes, um, it basically shot, out, you know, the uh, the economic recovery in the foot. Basically, like the you know, the economic stimulus was was doing its job, doing what it does, and the economy was was floating high. And they raised taxes, and it fucking shot the economy in the foot. So I think it, it probably was maybe like four or five years ago. Then now, because our economics was still in full swing at that time. Um. So going into it now, if the you know if the economy is slipping into recession, you know, um, to it's kind of I'm I'm I got my I was telling a student student about this uh, who's in the financial industry. I was like, I got my popcorn ready because I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen now. Um, because basically, you know, the central bank and the government is kind of in a real catch 22, where if the economy slips into recession and prime minister Abe says, okay, the economy's kind of fucked up. We're not going to raise taxes. That'll put real pressure on the confidence of the Japanese economy on the yen, you know, on a lot of stuff and um yeah it, the yen could kind of depreciate out of control is a possibility like they're basically balancing the economy on like a, a on fucking uh i don't know a sheet of paper basically and if uh they yeah yeah if they do raise taxes then definitely the economy is going to slip into recession or you know it's going to take a hit a really strong hit, you know, unless the central bank does something really fucking crazy, pulls a rabbit out of their hat, but I think they're out of rabbits, so anyway way you slice it, it's going to get fucking crazy in the Japanese economy. I like I'm expecting it to get kind of crazy or interesting, let me say that in the Japanese economy later on this year. So, um I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on with that. If you're, again, if if you're not into economics, then this has just been a boring and pointless 15-minute conversation. But if you are into that or want to know what's going on with that, you know, you can just do a little bit of research. Um, I like using YouTube as a bit of a time machine. So, you know, for example, if you go back to, if you just type in something like, I I, I won't do it. But if you just, if it it were me looking for this stuff, I would type in like Abenomics 2000, in in YouTube, Abenomics 2000... It should be like 12, I believe Avenomics 2012 Something like CNBC, MSNBC Something like that Bloomberg, for example Putting in those dates and finding um, News, like live news feeds From that time Because it's kind of like a time machine You know, YouTube is cool like that If you use it like that I I, I use it like that sometimes As a time machine to kind of Where you can kind of look back in time And see, okay, what were people saying in the moment? During that time, and kind of, you can kind of go through, you know, Ibnomics 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, in just like an hour or so, you can really kind of catch up on what has go- transpired over the past few years. Um, I did that, I believe, uh, last fall. The ten-year anniversary of the Lehman Shock. Again, it's called, and it's called the Lehman Shock here in Japan. I'm just used to calling it that. Um, and like major events and stuff like that, I, I sometimes do that just to see how how things have developed and get a new perspective on it. So with the Japanese economy, I encourage you to do that definitely, and to keep an eye on um, developments related to it. Uh, in the coming months, of year. I mean, I don't, I don't anticipate the, com- the economy is going to blow up, and then you know, or anything like that. And then in, the ne- in, <laughs> in not wood in the next you know few months or anything, but it will be an interesting development to see uh what goes down. Personally, my personal philosophy is over the past uh few years I've become a really big believer in uh the silent hand of uh just again, sorry I'm getting too deep into this, but the silent hand of uh central banks and how macroeconomics really do trickle down and have a huge impact on everyday life. So uh, you know, from like about six, seven years, seven years ago, I started really keeping track on what central banks do and trying to, you know, casually stay uh, before I got I got too way too deep and sucked into it for a certain time. But now I just try and casually just kind of keep my keep tabs on it just so that I can see what's coming down the pipeline, because that does affect pretty much everything. Um, and I would encourage you to do the same thing, you know, even if it's just like, you know, a little bit all right, we're gonna get into some bullshit now, okay? That's that's enough deep, serious, fucking Akeel CNN conversation for you. Uh, now we're gonna get into some bullshit, right? Well, kind of, because in this episode, I do have some real shit for you too. All right. Well, before this though, uh, let me tell you what else, I was. Got, I got paper. My son scribbled <laughs> some fucking doodle, and <laughs> I wrote the notes for this episode on the back of it. But um, yeah. So. Um, we got I don't know if I told you before we got Netflix now yay you know and I don't know how long we are gonna have it again I'm not paying for this shit but <laughs> you know as long as my wife pays for it we got it so I'm gonna take advantage of it and one thing I found which is pretty cool I was watching it before on some other wink wink websites online it is a really interesting anime uh that i heard i forgot why i heard about it i just saw promotions for it or something and i just started watching i forgot why i started watching it um but it's just fucking crazy so i just watch so i just watch it sometimes um but as i got busy over like last year i just got out of it and just like fucking i'm not watching it anymore but it's on netflix and it's on netflix netflix is dope actually because they have english subtitles for some shit which you know uh i'm also on amazon prime which it doesn't so by the way side note amazon prime is really fucking cheap here in japan a lot cheaper than it is in the west Uh, i think they're raising their prices all across the world but in japan japan i believe has the cheapest amazon prime uh in the world it's like 400 yen a month which is like four bucks a month i think it's going up to five a month um i want to say that but compared to the west where it's definitely over 10 bucks a month you know so i mean even packaging and stuff like that for the year like you know i'm paying like 40 bucks a year for amazon prime which is like you know I'll check my delivery shit, it was like, yeah, you saved like about 150 like, you know, just in US dollars, like $150, and I'm paying like $40 a month, so, when you come to Japan, if you, if you, you got your Wi-Fi set up, buy a Fire Stick, bring your Fire Stick, get on uh, Amazon Prime, it's definitely worth it uh, in Japan, like, so worth it, but, you know, I guess they're just trying to secure the market share here, is probably what I imagine they're doing, so, But back to Netflix. So, you know, um, fucking around. I just, it popped up on the timeline. And here that this show, if you're not familiar with it, called Baki, which is uh, B A K I, it's an anime. Sorry. You know, I dabble in the world of anime. um, And it's just fucking. Like, I, I think I watched a review of someone talking about it after I started watching it. And the person really explained it really well. Uh, and basically, he was just saying, you know, like it's the story of this anime means absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, it really does. It's just like completely pointless. Um, it's just all about watching superhuman fighters fight each other in the most over the top, ridiculous fucking ways. It's fucking crazy like there was a throwback show done like in the 90s but the netflix original one is i think more a lot more modern a lot more stylized way over the top action um i mean it's just all about fucking action like literally i laugh watching this show because like no joke it'll be like you can count it you can count it like you can count down literally between two to five minutes of actual story you know like real plot development and things like that and then there's going to be a, a long fight like a complete over-the-top fight like literally you can count on your watch like i, I want to I see like oh no one's fighting i'll just sit there and like just count like one minute two minutes Three minutes, okay, someone just came in the elevator and they're just going to, like, throw each other down some stairs or something like that, you know, and they just just got huge muscles, it's just fucking ridiculous um it's really bloody really gory like people just blowing their faces off and they survive like it's just the dumbest police officers ever like they'll just shoot some dude full of holes and they'll bounce off of him and he's like well he's just trained for 50 years so his pecs are like steel and all this crazy shit And you know (laughs) it's just ridiculous and like Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know, it's just one of those guilty pleasure shows for me, I guess That's what I call it, it's a guilty pleasure show Um, If you like gore, I mean, it's fucking gory Um, I mean, it's not, like, disgustingly gory, though, it's cartoonishly gory Because it's it's just so ridiculous, like, you know I would say, but I still don't know why it's entertaining for me to watch it You know, but... Like I said, it's a guilty pleasure show. So if you're not familiar with it, uh, Baki B A K I on Netflix, or you can search around online and find it somewhere. Um, I, I I was playing with the voice. I got the voice settings wrong. And I listened to the dubbed version. Don't listen. Don't do the dubbed version. Listen to the fucking Japanese version with English subtitles, please. Do that to yourself. Um, But, yeah, that's my recommendation if you're into that type of shit. So, apparently I am. So, (laughs) you know, on a part-time basis. So, yeah, that's that. Now, uh, we got two other things. We got a pretty meaty, you know, I'm really happy with the way the podcast is going thus far. Especially with that economic serious conversation. Now I can, you know, stay with some bullshit. Again, let me play with my phone a little bit and make sure I get the title of this correctly hopefully i didn't stop it okay good i didn't stop it all right so um last episode, on the last episode i talked about uh the youtube channel asian boss right so um before just before recording i took some time looked through some videos and found one i found two actually but um eh, fuck it i might just talk about both of them we'll see um how time goes but The first one, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm basically doing what I said I was going to do in the previous episode, which is watch one and then talk about it. So the first one I saw was What's It Like Being a Foreigner in Japan? Again, that's on Asian Boss, the YouTube channel on YouTube. So Asian Boss, What's It Like Being a Foreigner in Japan? And this is one of the videos I watched part or half of. And I was like, "Fuck! It, I'm not starting this thing over from the beginning." Sorry. So I've, I just tonight I just watched the second half. I vaguely remember the first half of it, but I think it was kind of interesting. Um, a few people on there were quite, uh, I think, well spoken not only westerners as well people from other asian countries as well you can so you can get a wide variety of opinions generally speaking i either agreed with or related to pretty much mostly all of them um in different ways right uh one of the guys on here surprisingly the black black dude let me see i don't know if he's black he might be mixed he might be polynesian or something um but do if you watch it dude with sunglasses A little bit, I kind of... I feel where he's coming from. But a little bit... I take a little bit of a different stance. Just because... um, He... In my opinion, has that... I believe he was here six months, I want to say. Or I forgot how long he was here. But um, he kind of had... was of the opinion where, like... Japanese people are racist. And they do racist shit. One thing he said to me, which... I kind of can understand the perspective of it now, was in the beginning he was talking about um, some bars that him and maybe his buddies tried to go to, um, having signs that said, you know, Japanese people only, or no foreign people, or things like that, now... I've had to deal with that in the past, too. And I clearly remember, like, one of my first trips to Shibuya, going down the side the street, looking for some bars, and going in the staff being like, no, 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 no. What I didn't know at the time was a lot of the places that I went into, that I was trying to go into, were um, either snack bars or hostess bars. And a snack bar is a little bit different from a hostess bar. A snack bar is basically um, has, like either a mama or a papa, which is like, you know, either uh the owner slash bartender is either a mama, who of course is a woman, um, who just serves drinks, has conversation, they have karaoke. Same thing for a, ma- a man, but generally speaking, more snacks are run by women and they just have regular customers. That type of shit is not really my thing just because like you're just like in a small room with people singing karaoke. You know, all the people know each other. They hang out there all the time. Um, I like to meet new people and random people when I go out. So um, it's not really my thing. If I get taken there by Japanese people, I just kind of roll with it. But I'm not like, hey, let's go to a snack bar type person. But um, when I first got here, I didn't know what they were. All of the places that told me no foreign people were those places, right? I mean, actually, the first place I went out for a drink, was a snack bar I remember like When I moved into my apartment Uh back, way back in 2004 Uh Me and my roommate We went out one, We were trying to go out Looking for a place to drink And we found Like a What what was a snack bar Either a snack bar Or probably a hostess bar And we went in You know And I passed <laughs> Ironically I passed that place You know Frequently now Um And Yeah And like We went in, I remember, it was really awkward The whole room just froze for a second Being like, oh shit We sat by the bar, we had like one drink It was overpriced, we paid and we left In in like five minutes Like, you know, literally, that's what it was And so, I don't feel discriminated against When those type of places tell me um, No foreign people It's not like they're saying no foreign people They're just saying no random foreign people Like, one, because it's, it's too much of a headache For them to communicate Two, um, they might have had some issues in the past. And three, like, you know, it just weirds out the other customers, you know, makes the other customers a bit uncomfortable, generally speaking. So in the context of Western culture, of course, a sign saying no, blah, 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 is blatantly discriminatory. But you don't want to go there anyway. And I don't want to go there anyway. And I really... Just being here enough Like understanding the way Society works here I don't take shit like that Personally You know So If it was like A supermarket With like no foreign people there I'd be like Hey come on now But Those those, Like I've only Heard of Or seen That type of shit In those type of situations So I a little bit Disagree with dude there and I think, you know, he was telling some some, some issue where, where one of his friends was, like, yelling at someone, telling him, like, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. And he said, you, you know, watch the video, you'll see. Um, I can just imagine, I, I don't know, I would imagine that probably has something to do with nightlife or something like that. Um, not just, like, a regular restaurant establishment. And I kind of uh, don't, I feel them, but I don't really, you know... Rock with that type of way of thinking, because that 's not how we push things forward here, right, and actually reacting to japanese pe- Japanese people in those type of situations those type of ways re only reinforces the we don 't want foreign people coming here because That's what the fuck happens every time a foreign person comes in here. They start yelling some crazy shit. You know, they're (laughs) they're getting all pissed off at us. We can't communicate with them. And it's just like way too much of a headache for us to even deal with. So, no, we just prefer not. That's not to rock. Like, just just to say no. It's easier just to say no. It's kind of how Japan works. It's not like, fuck you, we don't want you here. It's just easier not to get involved in things. You know, so... um, being more understanding and accommodating and kind of massaging the situation is kind of a way to push the envelope here more than just taking a hard line against a lot of stuff you know remember this is japan it's not western culture like in western culture sometimes you gotta stand up and, and and do all that type of shit but here it don't really work like that from my point of view from my experience you might feel differently you might have a different point of view you might have a different experience here i don't know but for me that's just the way it goes, right? And that's the way I, I'm more comfortable of, of dealing with things. So that's that. Um, a few of the people talking, I think some things you can walk away with from that video, Talking, listening to how they talk about work here. And especially, I found the second half of the video, probably because I just watched that shit tonight, was the more interesting part for me. Especially because you got to hear a lot of different views about working here in Japan, working in a Japanese company, particularly how, you know, people... I think one guy, he said something, maybe he might be, I believe maybe Chinese or Korean or something like that. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but he said something really interesting that I never clicked with me he summarized it very very well why a lot of foreign people leave companies he said that um you know foreign people like Japanese companies see foreign employees as tools for the company not really members of the company itself like so and honestly I really agree with that 100% like if you're working even if you're working for a Japanese company you know, hired in Japan as a foreign worker in a company, you'll hear if you check blogs and YouTubes and stuff like that, you kind of hear like you're kind of cordoned off and you're given like only um, this set of responsibilities because you're not really seen as an equal member of the company. You might think you're an equal member of the company, but they don't see you as that. And it's not like they're like, you know, fuck this guy, whatever. But it's just like, you're again, you're separate. You're kind of different. You're like... You're, it's literally oil, you're a drop of oil in the water. You're in the, you're in the fucking dish, you're in the bowl, you're in the glass, but you're that drop of oil and you'll never mix with the water. It just won't happen. You can flow with the water, you can go the same way as the water, but you'll never mix with the water. You'll never be water. You're always oil. You just, just got to deal with it. Right. And, and basically, the guy summarized it really well on saying after a couple of years, a lot of people just get tired of it and leave. You know, um, some people don't. Right? Um, Again, I might be talking on my ass. I don't know. Some other people might have different experiences, but for what I've seen, what I've heard, that's kind of it. I mean, that oil might be accepted in a different way or different levels, but generally speaking, it's going to be an oil and water type situation. With foreign companies based in Japan, it's a totally different story. Uh, So if you have, that's more of a. prize situation if you will to be hired by a foreign company in japan or hired outside of japan coming into japan is more desirable that's why some people some people who are interested in coming into japan i would highly recommend you try your best to get hired in your country and come into japan that way totally different ball game for you versus job hunting for a foreign company in japan is it's it's just night and day it's just totally different right so um yeah yeah that's kind of my advice or you know in your home country hunting for a job in japan with a foreign company from your home country once you get here it's it's a bit of it's a bit more of a because you remember if you think about it you know you have already have like a pool of foreign people living in japan trying to get into those jobs so um because that's kind of like making it quote unquote because the options are um going into a japanese company which generally speaking you're going to get what i just talked about before or going into a foreign company with with a lot more benefits a lot let a uh, more open western friendly cult- culture you know what you're going to go for so so yeah and probably a lot higher salary too um generally speaking so hmm. okay so so yeah give give that so work was one thing was one really important thing that was talked about in that video that, that i really liked um watch that one the other one that i saw uh let me see if i can find it is yeah i think is this it no that's not it wait one second let me find it let me find it let me find it uh, let me go back Wait a second uh, If you can hear me Playing with my phone The other one Yeah Why is a, Why Airbnb Why Airbnb Is in trouble in Japan Is the second one Right Again Asian boss Why Airbnb Is in trouble in Japan This is another um, Fucking uh, Hold on Let me get some Let me pour myself Some more wine Since someone on the roll One second Oh it, Ah <laughs> Okay, you probably heard my knee crack on the way, <sighs> on the way, but anyway, um, like I was saying before, um, with, I, I watched that, and I think it was actually really, really well done, um, because they you got a lot of different views, perspectives, and things like that, um, and it, it, on the surface. Like, especially, I think, me trying my best to break it down for you will be a bit insightful for you. So I believe they, this is about a year old, so it's right when the change to the Minpaku or uh, Airbnb law passed is, I think, when they recorded this. And they break it down in the video quite well, um, explaining uh, how the law really restricts and basically squeezed out like about 80% of people conducting airbnbs at that time excuse me um me personally like what the impact i've seen i've noticed quite a bit like if i go into different um apartment buildings or things like that i've seen recently because um a lot of signs that say no airbnbs no minpaku like allowed here basically you know um there's a lot of restrictions with uh, that the government put on things. And also, on top of the government restrictions, I believe local communities have the right to either flat out refuse and or um, add extra restrictions on top of the government restrictions. So pretty much, if like a community doesn't want people doing Airbnbs in there, they can squeeze you out. They probably already have done it um, at the again towards the end of the video the like the second half of the video they really get into more of the larger issues behind the scenes issues um which not only coming from me coming from japanese people as well you'll kind of hear um yeah i think is i think that's Right, right on. Um, if you listen, one thing that kind of made me laugh. Like they uh, towards the end of the video, they asked, like, what would you recommend people do instead of going to Airbnb? Like all of the alternatives are kind of like laughable, besides like going to a capsule hotel. But if you really think about it, like with the Olympics coming, like everyone can't go to a fucking capsule hotel. Everyone's not going to a f- spending a week in a fucking like internet cafe. Like it, just some of those answers were just like. Uh, like you know i mean i I don't get too frustrated because it's a part of living here but it's just you know you you can just see the writing on the wall like i I was like i said i went to i was at the airport um for for not personal not whatever for for personal reasons um today and like yeah, there's this huge hotel being built there. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a money game, man. Like you know, it's just pressures from from different industries. And from my opinion, in my opinion, why that shit passed? Because if me going to America now too, like if I have a choice between paying for a hotel or getting an Airbnb, I'm gonna get a fucking Airbnb. And my family has been really, really happy and really, really satisfied every time. You know, for the past two times we've been together, that's just been really, really nice. And um yeah, I mean the combination of community complaints and uh hotel industry uh pressure both, you know, put put I think put the government just be like, Okay, fuck it, we're gonna crack down this thing and squeeze a lot of people out of it and we'll, it's going to be it's shit's going to hit the fan when the olympics come i'm just telling you people are going to be coming from a long way away you might get your you might want to get your hotel lined up now if you're coming for the olympics cuz that shit's going to get crazy yeah that's all i got to say okay but anyway uh so check out those videos on from asian boss if you are so inclined they're very 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 interesting Okay, so last thing we've got. Let me line line up what I got for us here somewhere on my phone. Okay, here it is. Um, it's an article that I, I forgot why I stumbled across somehow to yesterday or something like that at work. But and I just like, you know, took a picture of it locked into my phone. It is, uh, what website is this? it's um savvytokyo dot com s a v v y tokyo dot com and the title is what it's like to make sure am i still recording okay i'm still recording i got scared for a second okay <laughs> sorry um uh, the article is what it's like t- to experience a reverse culture shock after leaving Japan. Uh, this, I read I think the first part of it and I just skimmed through it after that. Uh, just check the headlines so I can kind of go through this really quickly. Again, I encourage you to read the whole thing. It's written by a person who lived in Japan for six years. Uh, Brooke Larson. She, you know, I think it's really done really well. Um, But I'll just go only to go through the headlines and give my two cents on it. Um, There's basically some things that she noticed after moving uh, back to, I think, America after living in Japan for six years. So the first one she says is, but I think it also you can reverse engineer it to help you get ready for living in Japan, uh, you know, because this is some things to expect. First one, Japanese people are typically more polite, but Americans are friendly, friendlier. Yes, 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 yes Um, Again, it's probably going to be true In your home country as well Personally, I have a a bit of a a Personal take on that Like again, um, in Japan You're going to get manners but people are not going to give of themselves If you remember from the first episode Japanese people, what, what did I say Will give you, a, I, feel, I forgot how I phrased it But I think uh, they'll let you in the house but they, Or they'll give you a seat at the table But they won't give you a pillow to sleep Or something like that It's kind of like that um, Where people will be extremely polite with you A lot more than in the in the West In, most, in a lot of cases But it doesn't really... It, it's more again out of the obligation of Japanese society. You know, um, people want to be helpful for you, or you know, and people a lot of times shame plays a part of it as well. People might feel ashamed if they aren't, if they don't show you the correct courtesy. It's more courtesy. You know, that's that's more of a ingrained um, part of Japanese society. The curtain. Sometimes that courtesy extends to politeness. It extends to um, helpfulness. In in a lot of different situations, but the genuine, friendly, openness you don't really get as much. It, there is a, a line to where to where it um, it goes, but in the West, people are I think a lot more accessible uh, than here, and uh, yeah, that's something you i would say to be prepared for because someone might be extremely polite to you and then if you know you might try and go to take that relationship not only a physical relationship or not only like you know i'm talking about like a romantic relationship i'm talking about like just getting to know the person like you might have a neighbor for example for example like i have this neighbor right and uh, he he lives down the street and every morning this dude is like cutting and sweeping flowers and doing all this shit in his his around his front he's looks kind of grumpy and um i think a few weeks ago you know i started making eye contact with the guy bowing saying oh, ohio goes must to him every day every time i pass in in the car you know, I'll just voice it. I'll just bow to him. And at first, he ignored me. <laughs> he damn sure ignored me at first. You know, but after a few times, now he makes eye contact, and, and that's our relationship. Um, also, mm. in the bank, um, where there's there's a bank like right on the way to um, my job, and actually right next to my job. Like it's kind it's weird, the same building, but like right next to it. And so walking into where I work, like I pass a bank and there's these two guys, there's a few different guys who work like the, um, what's the word? There's a first floor counter, if you will. And then the bank main stuff is on the second floor. So from the first floor, kind of reception area counter, you can kind of, they can see me, I can see them. Every morning, hi, Zamas, You know, I pass and bow to them. Two guys. Some of the other security guys, I really don't bow to them because they're kind of weird. But um, every time we do a strong bow, if I go into the bank, they do a strong bow and a smile, and that's what we do. And uh, sometimes I see them after work. You know, let's discuss some of this. Let's discuss some of this, and and that's what we do. Um, but but that's about it you know i wouldn't really say oh so like if i see them going towards the train i wouldn't stop and really strike up a conversation hey you guys what you doing on the weekend you want to go grab a beer i wouldn't do that at all right they'd probably freak out like whoa what the fuck is going on you know well they might be open to it you never know but generally speaking i kind of it's, it's better to keep that distance and we could continue that relationship for like 10 years and it would never go any deeper than that no joke right? There's the same bank. There's a security guy. Sometimes he's there. When I'm leaving, we have that relationship through the door. We bow to each other and say, good evening, you know, just acknowledge each other. That's it. Like nothing more. And again, that can continue as long as he works there. That's just the way it is. And one of my former students a long time ago, he gave me that advice because this place I worked at, uh, not worked at this place I lived at, um, on the corner there was this fruit stand guy And I was telling him, that is a fruit stand guy He looks really grumpy I kind of, you know, I buy fruit from there sometimes But he just never, he just scowls at me And then he was like Okay, here's what you do He, he put me on game, I'm going to put you on game And it's totally worked He's like, don't say anything to him Don't try to make a conversation with him Ohayou gozaimasu, good morning Konnichiwa, uh, good afternoon and konbanwa, good evening every time only that only do that you know and every time you see him bow Ohio gozaimasu konnichiwa konbanwa. that's it you know and i did that and after about a week though that guy his whole demeanor changed and he became my buddy you know and he'd smile at me you know i think just before we and then eventually we we did actually kind of small talk a little bit at the time um you know sometimes i bought fruit from there and stuff like that and um he told me i think when he was closing up so he's like yeah i'm gonna retire i'm gonna sell everything that whole area is like now just huge high rise of uh, condos now but which is crazy but but um yeah, I, I learned something about Japan. Like you know, people people also call uh, to say that if you if you have manners, you you're um what's the word what's the word people say uh not polite I want to say people say polite I forgot how people say it in Japanese but it's like having good manners is seen as being like a good person here um, and uh, yeah I think they say that you're a good person if you have good manners so. That's something that kind of gets mixed up between the West. Like, generally speaking, being a good person comes from the heart, but here it comes from, you know, your outward, the way you kind of show yourself in society. You can be a complete asshole on the inside, but as long as you're on the outside, you show like those manners and things like that respect you're fine right which brings back to um the asian boss situation why i think the dude in the sunglasses i a little bit disagree with his approach of dealing with japan and i would chalk it up to his his time in japan or i mean it might be his personality too but uh, i forgot exactly how long he was here it was either six months no less less than four years definitely um but I think just being in Japan for that amount of time, he didn't have time to really go deep into deeper levels of Japanese society and really understand the significance and importance of uh, dealing with people in the correct way. So, so I encourage you to do that yourself. All right. Uh, whoa, we're we're getting close to an hour. Uh, uh, okay, here's here's what I might do actually. Um, because let me, let me, let me scroll through. Let's keep it. Let me keep it real with you. Let me scroll through. Let me scroll through. Cause this is a really good article and I want to take my time with it. It is like one o'clock in the morning right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. There are several, about four or five of the points in this article. I'm going to try and save this, keep, keep track of it and save it and pick it up on the next episode. Just because, like you know, I think I think I gave you guys enough to do. Um, gave you guys enough info. You gotta keep you hanging. Cliffhangers, you know, like fucking Game of Thrones. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't watch it. I just watch the spoiler of it. Just because I don't have to watch it. I don't know. But um, that made completely no sense at all. <laughs> I apologize for that. Last little part. But, um, yeah, I just want to wrap up the episode here. I think it's a good place instead of of running too long. uh, On the next episode, we'll finish up that article. I'll probably have some more stuff for you. But we covered a lot of good things, right? We got some economics. We got some social issues. We got some um, videos for you to watch. And we got some crazy fucking over-the-top stupid-ass anime that we're probably going to watch a little bit more of before I take my ass to bed. So, let's wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, you guys. As always, have a great week. Have a great life make it a great day tomorrow today wherever you are wherever you're at and i'll talk to you later peace